normally I would take time to ask around and say, like, what, what is it? What, what, are, what are the passions that you guys are, try to hide until later on? But um, I'm not going to expose you like that. There will come a time in our relationship that I will expose you like that, but not tonight. Tonight, I just want to start by um, exposing one of my passions. It's a story that some of you guys have heard um, before, but uh, it's, it's, it's true. It's, it's true. When I was in middle school, I, yeah, you know, the angsty middle school time, I loved, 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 and hated that I loved, and you're going you're gonna to judge me when I say this, the game RuneScape, okay? Some of you don't even know or care, that's fine, don't look it up, okay? But back then, back then, it was, it was the worst thing that you could do, I guess, in middle school, and I loved it with a burning passion and hated that I loved it. So much so that, and you, you need to picture this, okay, that I would go into my mom's office in middle school, I would close the door, lock it, close the blinds, sometimes, yes, even turn the lights off to go to town on RuneScape, okay? And I did not want anyone to know. I did not want anyone to know. And you laugh at me, Yes, because that's weird. That's weird. A little, little weirdo AJ, that was what I was called back then. Um, but honestly, I think this was very wise. I think this was very wise of me to do. Bear with me for a second. The reason why 6th grade Alec hid his passions so much was because if I were to let my friends know, I would have been ridiculed. I would have been mocked. Until I died. That's hyperbolic, yes. It's exaggeration, yes. But that's what I felt like. Um, and so I think that that was wise. And I also think that a lot of us have had similar experiences. Not, not just have... We've all been taught in life and in experiences that at some level you have to hide who you are. At some level you have to wait. You have to have some sort of reserve and not let people truly know you because if you do you're going to face all kinds of things you're going to face rejection you're going to face mockery like I I felt like I faced Um, we've all been taught that by life to put masks up to put walls up I believe that God is going to challenge us tonight I believe God is going to ask us if we are strong enough to unlearn these lessons that life has taught us. That is what we're going to be talking about. If you want to go ahead and turn to Ephesians 3, we're going to start there. As you're turning to Ephesians 3, I just want to say that this is basically a repeat sermon. You've actually kind of heard this sermon three times already. And I want to prove that to you. Ephesians 1, 9 and 10, if you want to glance there, says this. Paul is speaking to the Ephesian church. He says, God has made known to us the mystery of His will. The mystery of His will to bring unity in heaven and on earth to all things under Christ. There's a mystery out there. And that mystery is just to bring people together under the name of Jesus Christ. And then, Paul ends that section with a very beautiful prayer. Ephesians 1.17. I'm going to go ahead and read it for you. He says, I keep asking that the the God of our Lord Jesus Christ may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know Him better. 
I pray that the eyes of your hearts may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you. I, Paul prays for them that they could experience this, that it wouldn't just be words on a page, that it's part of their new reality, that they experience the unity and love in Jesus Christ. And then he's going to say basically the same thing in Ephesians 3. Paul is, is writing same people, same letter. He says, I have a secret, Ephesian church. I have a secret. And once you understand this secret, it will change every part of who you are. Paul's secret that he has is he knows the purpose to which they were called for. And that's what we'll be talking about today. I'm going to read the full text of Ephesians 3. And then I'm going to pray, and then we're going to walk through three things that I think jump out at us from the text. So Ephesians 3, verses 1 to whenever Ephesians 3 ends, I actually don't know, 21, says this. In the same way, oh Wes, I'm in First Peter. Be careful, be careful guys, that's spiritual warfare right there. Ephesians 3. For this reason, I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus, on behalf of you Gentiles, you have heard, haven't you, about the administration of God's grace that He gave to me for you. The mystery was made known to me by revelation, as I have briefly written above. By reading this, you are able to understand my insight into the mystery of Christ. This was not made known to the people in other generations, as it has now been revealed to His holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. The Gentiles are co-heirs, members of the same body, and partners in the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. I was made a servant of this gospel by the gift of God's grace that was given to me by the working of His power. This grace was given to me, the least of all saints, to proclaim to the Gentiles the incalculable, manifold riches of Christ, and to shed light for all about the administration of the mystery hidden for ages in God who created all things. This is so that God's multifaceted wisdom may now be made known through the church to the rulers and authorities in the heavens. This is according to His eternal purpose accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. In Him we have boldness and confident access through faith in Him. So then I ask you not to be discouraged over my afflictions on your behalf, for they are for your glory. For this reason, this is the prayer, this is the experiential prayer. For this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom every family on heaven and on earth is named. I pray that He may grant you, according to the riches of His glory, to be strengthened with power in your inner beings through His Spirit, and that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. I pray that you, being rooted and firmly established in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the length and width and height and depth of God's love, and to know Christ's love that surpasses knowledge, so that you may be filled with the fullness of God. Now to Him who is able to do above and beyond all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us, to Him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. That is our text. I'm going to pray, and then we're going to walk through three things that jump out of this to help us understand what Paul is saying to the church. Pray with me. Father God, You are constantly teaching us truths about You in every facet of life. 
we come before your word and we hear these things about you, God, and it is so easy to make them words on a page. God, I ask that you would give us the strength in our inner beings to know your love, to know that which surpasses knowledge. God, in all that we do, in every area that we go into, I ask that you would help us understand that you are with us and that you are caring for us and that you are working all things for our good and for your glory. I ask that you be with us today. I ask that you be with me. Help me speak. And it's your name I pray. Amen. Okay, three things that I think stand out from the text. A reiteration of the sermons that we've already heard. I'm going to keep it very simple. First one that stands out to me is three, chapter 3, verses 4 through 6. Paul says this, you just heard it. In reading this, these words on the page, then you will be able to understand the insight, my insight into the mystery of Christ. This mystery is that through the gospel, the Gentiles are heirs together with Israel, members together of one body, and sharers together in the promise of Jesus Christ. Paul has spoken about this mystery already before, at least three times already. And once again, he is saying this, The secret of Christ is that you, each and every one of you, were made for community. You were made to be a part of one body. Drew just spoke about last week that there is a dividing wall between people that, that it used to be the temple and the people who could approach God and those outside, but that is no longer the case. In Jesus Christ, there is one body. That is the secret that God has been waiting his, the entire creation up until the point that Jesus Christ comes to show. In Christ alone, there is one family. The story of Scripture goes something like this. Mankind was created for community from the very beginning. Adam was in the garden, and it was not good for him to be alone, so God gave him people to come alongside of him, gave him Eve, and gave him descendants. But Adam was also made to walk with God, a relational aspect, to have community with God. You were born into it. That's the idea of family. You were born into community. You will die into it. That's the idea of heaven. The end of everything is the community of God. You were made to find your place within the people of God. Purpose is not a what, but it's a where. You are to find your purpose, who you are, within the community of God, with redeemed people. And Paul wants us to experience this. This is nothing new. He said it three times. And I just want to start asking right now, is that your experience? Have you experienced the community of God in such a way that you can say, I affirm what God is saying on these pages? That we were made for community and our deepest longings is to be known by God and to be known by others. Has that been your experience? And if not, what has been hindering that? Because point number one, you were made for community. Verse 10, point number two, says this, His intent was that now, through the church, the manifold, multifaceted, stacking upon stacking upon stacking wisdom of God was made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms. And honestly, that's a really impressive word. 
manifold. It means like the layers upon layers upon layers, kind of like onion, you know that quote from Shrek, but it's weird, doesn't really fit right now, um, except, except going outwards, that no one can know truly the manifold wisdom of God. And Paul said that it has been revealed, and he gives this really, really bold claim. He says that this wisdom is made known through the church, that God Himself is knowable through the church. That in the same way that I can stand before you and confidently say that I know who God is, I know what kind of person He is, that He's kind, that He's just, that He's merciful, that He's self-giving, that He's other-centered, that He pours out His life for others. In the same way that I can speak to you confidently and say, I know that is who God is because I have seen Jesus, that in Jesus we see God Himself and all those attributes. In the same way that we can say confidently those things, Paul is saying that Jesus Himself is known in the people of God. That just as you see God, the invisible God, through the historical person, Jesus Christ, you see the historical person, Jesus Christ, in the present people. They are His people, unified people. That is who the church is made to be. Problem, I know that's not everyone's perception of the church. I know that when we start talking about the church, that that sometimes when we say stuff like, like humility and um, loving and life-giving, that sometimes our past experiences that life has taught us don't give that, that validity. Sometimes it seems an exact opposite. And so if you will permit me just for a little bit, maybe kind of insignificant, maybe even a little cheesy, I would like to apologize on behalf of the church. If you have seen petty divisions over meaningless things in life where you should have seen unity embodied or if you have seen in the place where there should have been humility you saw entitlement or where there should have been the experience of Jesus Christ himself giving grace, giving his life for other people you saw something very different from that. If that has been any of your perceptions, I am so sorry. That is not who God has called us to be. That is not who God is calling you to be. God is calling each and every one of us to be Jesus Christ incarnate, unified. That only in Jesus Christ is there a family. And that family is who you were made for. Your purpose, point number two, You were made for the church. Your purpose, I know as odd as it sounds, and sometimes we see the American church in different ways, your purpose is inside inside the church. The manifold wisdom of God is visible through His people. And that is where you belong. You should belong. You should feel that you can belong. Will you give us the chance to show you that? Point number three. Verses 14 through 19. In his prayer, Paul says this. He ends 
all of it, with a prayer for your experience today. What you're going to go and how you're going to think afterwards. Paul says something like this, For, these, for this reason I kneel before the Father, that He may strengthen you in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Verse 18, That you may have power, together with all of the Lord's holy people, to grasp how wide and how long and how deep and how high is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with the fullness of God. Paul prays that we don't sit here and speak in sermons, that we don't talk about Ephesians 3 as if it's not a present reality. Paul prays that at the end of his letter, they would go and live it out. And they would experience that kind of unity that he has experienced in Christ Jesus. Paul prays for your experience. He is saying something like I want to say to you today. Please, for the love of God, know the love of God. Please, for the love of God, experience the love of God in this community, in the church, in Stillwater, Oklahoma. Please, make this a part of your experience. Point number three, you were made for a love that surpasses knowledge. You were made for a love that moves from the abstract into your daily lives. As Romans 5, 5 says, the love of God is being poured out into our hearts through the Spirit, and that is a present reality. And that reality is what you were made for. May God make you strong enough to know Christ and to experience His love despite whatever past we've had, despite whatever rejections we've felt. We're going to take a short break, and then I'm going to come back, and I'm going to say the exact same three things that I've said to you and end with a story, and that's it. One story left, and we'll be done. So if you want to take some time, stretch, go to the bathroom, whatever. As you do, I want you to be asking yourself, is this my experience? Has my experience lined up with these words on the text? Why or why not? We'll come back in a second. So five seconds ago, I told you three things. And these things were that you were made for community, that this is the mystery of God revealed to us in Jesus Christ, that there is a unity available to each and every one of us, and that is to which you were made. You were made for community. second thing I told you was that you were made to have a place in God's people, a place where you can belong and that the church is the manifold wisdom of God through whom you experience God Himself. The church is, through, is the means by which you experience God. And the third thing I told you was that you were made to know Christ's love. 
that love that it surpasses knowledge, that it should move beyond words on a page, and it becomes a part of who you are, a part of your DNA, a part of your day-to-day life. You were made for a love that surpasses knowledge. In this section, I really just want to tell you a story, and it shouldn't take too long at all. Um, it's, it's my story. It's my story of coming to college and experiencing, um, experiencing hardships, life questions. I know a lot of you guys, just from hearing um, you talk about your weeks, um, that you're experiencing the same thing right now. Um, and so I hope that through some way this would be a, a parallel to you, that my life could parallel and help you understand your own. Um, when I first came to college, everything in my world changed. Okay, I, I don't want to exaggerate this. I was what I will lovingly refer to as, we could refer to a lot of things here, um, a redneck. Like, like a, like a, like, yeah, yeah, you know, okay. We're joking, but that's my family. That's my family you're joking about. Like, seriously, like, my life grew up before college, if you can imagine this, I think you probably could. Um, I walked around in the woods outside of Cleveland, Oklahoma, barefoot all the time. And a fun afternoon for me was shooting snakes and riding four-wheelers to look at land that I've seen my entire life. That's what I'm going to lovingly refer to as a... A redneck. I'm just going to call it a redneck. Lovingly. Lovingly. But when I came to college the first time, I was exposed to a lot of, uh, a lot of different um, ways of living, a lot of different things that I, I realized I wanted to grow. I wanted to become more. I wanted to become who I felt like I was called to be. And so I started seeking um, self-fulfillment. We're just going to call it self-fulfillment. Growth in all the areas that you guys are trying to grow in, even now, um, you're trying to, I was trying to succeed in gaining accolades, things that look cool on a resume. I was trying to grow in knowledge that I, I was a biology major back then. I'm a Bible major now. Um, I don't think I know anything. Um, but I, I was trying to grow so much in knowledge. I was trying to grow in character, in all these things we talk about like love and humility and all these good things. I was trying to achieve self-fulfillment. And I experienced, ironically, as I was trying to achieve self-fulfillment and growth that is a good thing. Don't get me wrong. It's a good thing. Um, I lost myself. I lost sight of who I was and who I was called to be, and it showed. It showed. Um, I, I mean, we use phrases like, I put up walls and I put on masks, and I did. I put up walls and I put on masks. I tried to become anything that I thought the people around me wanted to see so that I could be impressive to them, so that I could, um, I don't know, that they could think I'm cool, as lame as that sounds. Um, I really wanted people to be impressed with me, to be impressed with my knowledge, even knowledge of the scriptures, knowledge of Ephesians 3. I wanted people to be impressed with me, but in doing this, I lost myself, and it was just like middle school all over again. That in trying to be everything that I thought was, was important, 
I did not want people to see the real me. I did not want the community around me. I didn't even have a community at one point uh, to where they could see who me, who I was and know me for who I am because I was putting up walls. I was scared. And I needed someone to help me find who I was again, who I was called to be, my purpose in life. And that someone was an older person in the church. I really mean it when we say that we hear God's words best through the, word, through the mouths of other believers. Um, that they're not just... There's something special when it happens that when these words on a page become words being said to me by others in the church, by the people of God saying the words of God, and I needed to hear what they said to me. It was very kind what they said. It wasn't in judgment. It wasn't accusatory. But what they said was this, and I'm going to give it to you verbatim. They said, Alec, I look forward to the day when you love people as much as you love achieving all that you set your heart's desire towards. Whenever that day comes, I hope that I am there to see it. It was beautiful. It was what I needed to hear. Because I had put my image, my status, in place of um, the community. I, I, I cared more about what people thought of me than about others, about my place amongst my brothers and sisters and how they were feeling. I only cared about myself. I needed to hear that. But it wasn't just what they said. It was what God said through them. Now don't read too much into that statement. I'm not a prophet. If anything, I would probably be the opposite of a prophet. Maybe like a, an idiot. I don't know what an opposite of a prophet is. Hopefully not a false prophet. But I'm not a prophet. But I think I heard God's words rather clearly and through what they said, through this older believer that was available in my life through the church, what I heard God say was this, Alec, I look forward to the day when you understand my love enough to where you embody that to others. When you understand the love that God has, that, that God had for me, that was, it was what I heard God say, that, that I look forward to the day when I have understood His love for me enough to where I become characterized by that towards others. I want to end our time together, a very short, a very simple sermon, by passing this personal prophecy that I received to you. My brothers and sisters who I know personally, or I'm in the process of knowing personally. I look forward to the day when you understand God's love that surpasses knowledge that He has for you, the height and the width and the depth and the length. I look forward to the day when you understand God's love enough to where you embody that towards others. To where the community of God becomes part of your DNA, that you are committed to each other despite the things that are going on in your life, despite the love or the rejection that you have felt, because you know what God has for you, and you know 
what God is trying to work through you to others. Whenever that day comes, I hope that I am still a part of your life to see it. That is what we are praying for here. We want to grow into the type of people that become characterized by the very attributes that God himself is showing towards us. And as we have seen today in this text, there is an unfathomable love that he has for each and every one of you. And I hope that you become characterized by that to other people. But we have a lot of work to do. There's a lot of insecurities that we have to deal with. A lot of masks that each and every one of us put up. A lot of, even if I could say it's sins, that things that we know are right and wrong, but we choose to do anyway, and then we don't want people to know the things that we do because we don't want them to think less of us. We have a lot of things that we can deal with, but I want to ask you this. Would you stick around with us and make this community, this church, part of who you are so that we can together grow into the type of people that you were called to be? Would you make this your priority and make the church in Stillwater your priority so that when you look back on this time that you don't regret how much you were or were not involved in the things that you were called to be? We have a lot to work on, but we'll be working on this stuff together. We want to enter into a time of worship And as we do that, I'm just going to read Ephesians 3, verses 17 through 22 again. This is Paul's prayer for the Ephesians church. Sorry, verses 14 through 21. After all that he just just finished saying to them, he says, I want you to experience this in your life. And this is what we want you to experience. So I'm going to read this prayer. They're going to play a song. You actually have the words on your page if you want. Um, But this time is a time of reflection. So don't feel like you have to sing. Don't feel like you have to do anything. Um, We just want you to be thinking about this truth in your life. So Ephesians 3, Paul's final prayer for you to experience the love of God, says this. For this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named. I pray that he may grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with power in your inner beings through his Spirit, and that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the length and width and depth of God's love, and to know Christ's love that surpasses knowledge, so that you may be filled with the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do above and beyond all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever Amen. We love you guys. Thank you for coming. Let's worship together.